Hmm. How are you? Well, you know, today I take it day by day. It's been a long week. Um, I feel like today I feel the best than how I started. Okay. So, well, that that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm in a, in a much better headspace. And it's a holiday weekend. It and is. I'm, I'm off all next week, so I'm great. Uh, uh, so are you about to be acting out, Auntie? Let me know. Let me well, know if I'm about to be seeing pictures and videos of you showing well, out. Let well, you will see pictures and videos, but I'm not going to show out. Okay. Okay. Well, it's nothing wrong with showing out now because, you know, it's almost summer. <laughs> and I believe the ones who, who've been in the house um, like we're supposed to be right. during the past couple of years, you know, I believe, I believe it's our time to show out. This summer... Right. Is our summer to show out like we have never shown out before. So I want that for you. I want that for me too. But I'm also old. And <laughs> I, I need, Don't say that. I need, I need nine, ten hours of sleep to recharge. My body See? bones be cracking. Yes, I am exhausted. <laughs> You're um, making these not working? They'll work. But what happens in the morning when I wake up, they don't work. Um, <laughs> So I can dro- drop it and do it. It's when I get home and I have to get yeah, out. It's of just by getting back up. It's mm-hmm. like in the morning, it's like, oh, because I did that last night and now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, I- I'm so glad that you're here. Um, okay, let me do. go ahead and do my intro. <clears throat> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Free Game, the podcast. And I'm here with a very special guest who I'll let introduce themselves. Hello. Hey, nephew. Um, my name is Nylee. <laughs> um, I am a trans person of color, um, and I, I tip. Uh-oh. Hello? I forgot you said keep the screen on. Uh, see, see, auntie, see. Okay, I'm focusing. <laughs> I'm focus- I told you I'm old. No, um, I, I'm not gonna get on you like you get on everybody else. You <laughs> see, see, are you listening? Yes, actively. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, and that's just pretty much my intro. I'm a public speaker, and I fight for liberation and mental health um, awareness for Black and queer people, and where our intersectionalities meet. Yeah, and you know that's why I wanted to speak to you because I, I am very inspired by the work that you do because I feel like the work that you do is not only for yourself but it's for people who come after you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when I started this podcast, it was because I was transitioning out of the military and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no idea where I wanted to go in life and I was just like I know I want to be a creative and I know I want to connect with people who are on the same type of life path that I'm on so hearing you speak in on on Clubhouse that's where I met you um I was very inspired by you and so I was like you know what I definitely have to speak to my auntie yes I adopted you as my auntie as many people (laughs) do And so I want to talk to you and have you on the show. So thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Very good. Very good. And absolutely. <laughs> of course. You you asked me and I said absolutely. Okay, so uh, we'll just jump right on into. So how are you doing mentally? 
Um, so my headspace, it changes from day to day. Um, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm challenged and stretched, but then I have like one random message out the blue and it'll be like, Hey, keep, keep going. Or, um, don't go silent. Um, so today, Friday, my headspace, I'm actually feeling recharged. I'm actually feeling empowered. Um, I'm feeling purposeful. So I'm really good mentally. Um, and I'm going to do some self-care today. I'm going to get up, go get my nails done, um, uh, and get uh, a massage. Now, wait a minute. Now, Auntie, your nose done. Now, wait a minute. What? Mm-hmm. Auntie, Auntie, you are beautiful. If you guys have never... I'm going to put um, a picture of my auntie and let you guys see the material. <laughs> but... um. What do you mean? Get get your nose done. What what is that? Because okay, so but before I let you, I'm gonna go ahead and say how I'm doing mentally. I am giving myself grace, which is something that I learned from you. Yes, give yourself grace, which has been a very hard thing for me to do, mm-hmm. but that is something that I'm learning. But you're gonna do what now, Auntie? Now not, what? Are you not, giving yourself grace? Now what what is going on? Not my nose, my nails. Oh, you're na- okay. See, I was like, oh, <laughs> I am not touching this mug. This is <laughs> wait a minute. Don't, touch, don't do it. Now. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of things that she should have done. Mm-mm. I don't want to. Okay. Mm-mm. Getting my nails done. I'm, I already got my hair done, so I'm just going to go and sit in a massage chair, get a pedicure, get a manicure. Oh, you're getting ready for the weekend. Mm, or, yeah, or just, yeah, you know, I guess it could be the weekend or just more so. It was time. It just fell in line the right way. It was just a self-care. It was just part of self-care. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. So this next question I have is actually um inspired by a clip that you posted on your story. Hmm. It was, you, you know, you like to do that, auntie. I'm not going <laughs> to, you know, put you all out in front street in front of company. But you're good for posting a clip where that I have you thinking. Mm-hmm. But you posted a clip. If there was this man that went on um the Dr. Phil show, and um there was trans people that were on, and I guess he was trying to refute their beliefs. I don't I don't really know what he was trying to do, but that's where this question came from. But the question is, if you were in the audience at a Dr. Phil taping and a transphobic person, because that's what he was, transphobic, came and asked, like, a loaded question, how would you handle it? I, um, I don't know if this is, like, if he asked it to me and I was on stage or he asked the audience, but it'll be something where he's going to hear me speak, right? Because a, mm-hmm. ta- a lot of times people like that have conservative white supremacist talking points and that they uh-huh. don't really truly understand gender identity and sexuality and how they conflate the two. Uh-huh. So in the example that he named, he was like, well, if I have to respect your pronouns, you have to respect my adjectives, that you would have to address me as handsome and smart. Right. Well, Which people, he was neither, but... Well, yeah. but, but people do that all the time anyway, because I don't think you are handsome or smart, but here we are. So mm-hmm. I, I feel as though, um, yeah, I would have challenged all those thoughts. But two, what I notice is a lot of people that are queer and trans, we've been put in a place where we must defend, we must become debaters, we must be activists because of mm-hmm. our identities, when a lot of people just want to exist. So, oh, that's it. Come on. So, so since since I am someone that has been a, a phenomenal debater, one that can 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 critically think, 
Um, and and that's what I love about you, Auntie. I'm sorry to cut you <laughs> off, but that's what I love about you. You you do not like get upset. You do not get bothered by the mm-hmm. things that you're saying. You just okay. Well, I'll let you speak, but then you're gonna hear me. And that's what I love about you. Now I do have a threshold for frustration. Now I can see if I once I meet that, okay, I'm gonna bow out. But I'm able to critically think and, and remain grounded in a conversation because you're not talking to me. Um, I understand mm-hmm. that a lot of times the conversation is through me. So um, since I am someone that is able to debate and formulate arguments to oppose and actually hear what a person is saying, even though if the words or the verbiage is incorrect, I'm, I'm actually to challenge the actual thoughts without an ad hominem. So in that situation, I would have definitely challenged him because I am someone that debated. And, and in that clip that I posted, you could tell that those people were just people that wanted to exist. They weren't debaters, right. but they actually just was like, you got it. No, I would have asked Because the question was up. very, it, it was a very loaded question. He was asking, okay, so you want to be a woman, so what is a woman? And I was like, what? Well, I, I wouldn't have even dignified that with an answer because, like, it's obvious that you're like, you're being, yeah, like, you're trying to be rude about it, first of all. And then mm-hmm. you, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, I'm very. Mm. Yeah, and I, that's why I say a lot of people, especially from the trans and queer community, they just want to exist. Like, we've been fight All my life, I had to fight. No, I don't want to fight there, you. I don't know how to get... I don't, I don't know how to explain it to where you will get it, cause, because you, you aren't living my experience. So I don't know how to put you in a situation to where you're, you will get it. You know what I mean? I so, why do I also right. have to create the anxiety for myself to explain and articulate how I'm feeling? Why do I have to do right. Because I'm not an oppressor, so I don't know how Correct. you feel very oppressed. I don't know how to do that. And why do so I need to translate questions, it? Right. So with questions like that, it's just like... Mm-hmm. You are upset very much so, and you said, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Just point it across. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Of course. All right, we have to pause for the cause. Um, I was sounding like iRobot. <laughs> but I want to give the business of the week before we continue with this amazing interview. So the business of the week is... Eric Cole, the host of Hunger Podcast, who is also a life coach and business analyst. So you guys check him out at Hung Up Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And let's get back to the show. Hey, doll. Hi, Auntie. I'm sorry about that. I have no idea what's going on. I told you, Mercury Retrograde is it, doing what it's supposed to do. <laughs> I, I, what I heard, you um, were going in and out, so I didn't know if that was my signal or yours, and then it just ended. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll repeat the questions. How can members of the community be better allies for the trans community? And are you referring to the community as the queer and tra- like intracommunally, like queer and trans people, right? So, like the lesbian, the gay, the bisexual. How can we be better allies for the trans community? Because our issues are very much different, although we are in the same community. But how can we be better allies for you guys? 
Uh, and I would even say, even within the trans community, right? There's such a oh, a, a starch delineation between all of us. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're all still swinging. We're all still fighting. Um, right. But I think um, there's no way to be a, a, an effective ally um, or accomplice or however people want to use that term. But getting to know a person on an individual level and 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 asking questions of how you can be more supportive for them, um, and a lot of times that's having the internal questions with self to find out their biases already, um, or um, any of the phobias and isms that a person holds that that have the undercurrent of how they build relationships or how they build friendships or how they, you know, hire how they, you know. Um, restrict access and resources. So it's important to have those internal questions before you can even think about becoming an ally. Um, And then listening to people, listening to their stories and listening to how they resonate and how they ring true and then empathizing. Um, A lot of times people don't know how to empathize, but sympathize. I don't want you to Mm. feel sorry for me. You can understand how I'm feeling. Right. Um, I don't need you to feel sorry that my dad was extremely harsh with me. I need you to empathize at how that made me feel. I need you to empathize that this is why I'm the way that I am, that I'm guarded, that I don't trust. Um, I need you not to challenge, but actually hold space for that feeling. So for a person to to want to be in community, let alone be an ally to it, you have to be able to understand that we all show up different. We are all fighting some type of struggle. Most times we're more common than we are different. Um, but again, we're, we can delineate within any of the, the, the community. Lesbians have their own delineations within being lesbian. Um, mm-hmm. the, the gays have their own delineation within being gay. Um, the girls, the trans people, the trans mass, the trans femme, non-binary, there are so many delineations within that. Um, and we're so divided. More conversations have to happen. They have to conversations have to happen where we're listening to each other instead of combating and, and doing the struggle Olympics of who's hurt more. Ooh, I, I like that you said that because I feel like that's a lot of what ha- trying to come together and be an ally to see like who's hurt is more like oh well you're going through that but I'm going through this so you have no idea what I'm going through because I'm going through this and I feel like that's counterproductive to what we're trying to come together as a community mm-hmm. so that's why I say well let's come together and end homophobia and transphobia let's end the, the apps that say this with their dating preferences let's end Ooh, come on Let's end laws that talk about um, that that it is okay to hire a person based on their gender and sexuality. Let's talk about um, restrooms and and having um, gender neutral capabilities. So let's fight together for the things that impact us all, as opposed to okay, well, what is your struggle versus my struggle, and prioritizing the two. Okay, very very well said, and and as you would say, <laughs> very good, very good, very good. Um, <laughs> So speaking of of struggles, um, what has been one of the worst experiences that you have had to tolerate just being yourself that you think that um, other people would relate to? Um, a, a struggle that I have just being myself is um, sitting with my thoughts. That's one. Um, mm. And then hormone replacement therapy, that's two. Now, 
I have completed a certain set of surgeries where I don't have to take them as periodically as I need as as other people, but mm-hmm. um, it is still a pain. I don't like needles. I don't have to be on this regimen where I have to continue to take it, and it it the the instability of having to well the in, um inconsistency is what I mean of of taking them as I choose as opposed to when I'm supposed to throws off my emotional state and mental state sometimes um mm. but that is a struggle that I have that I'm I'm trying to to make myself be more rigid around but then again back to the first one sitting with my thoughts um again me being a mental health advocate and um someone that that stresses mental health I, I sit along alone with how things make me feel, how I feel about things, um, and how I should respond to them when they happen. The timing and and again and given space and volume to uncomfortable thoughts. So that is a struggle to do with yourself, especially when no one else around you has that same capability. Right. Oh, see. When I had this question, I figured it was going to be involving other people, but I think it's interesting that it's pretty much the the thoughts that you have within yourself and mm-hmm. the things that you're struggling with um, without, without outside forces um, coming in into play. I, I think that's interesting, and a lot of people wouldn't see that as an issue. So I think that's um, important for you to say. Yeah, because I can't control anybody else. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, we live in the world. There, life is a struggle. Being black mm-hmm. is a struggle, and everyone's going through something. Right, being a trans woman is a struggle. Um, every day, um, having depressive thoughts is a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, imposter syndrome is a struggle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I main character main character syndrome is the thing. It's, it's definitely well. a struggle. And then mm-hmm. for people to conflate and think that that you are indeed a narcissist, wow. Um, but I think it's interesting to name that a lot of times, a lot of my struggles are within me, that I mm-hmm. that I am the weapon formed against me. Ooh, come on, give me the chart. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Very good. So, who has been an inspiring force? Because, like I said, you you have been someone who has inspired me from afar. Um, we haven't met personally, but we have spoken and we've been on apps together. We've been in rooms together. Shout out to Clubhouse. And I, I've just felt a connection with you. So I'm wondering who has been an inspiring force for you? Um, I, Everything inspires me. And thank you, my love. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Um, everything inspires me. I mean, every conversation I'm learning, um, every experience I'm learning, um, every room that I'm in, I'm learning. Um, but people that I pull from, uh, fictional Claire Huxtable, I pulled from her every time. Um, Come on. How how she has that style and grace in her situations, how she was a wife, um, a mother and a professional. And she was in her own space, and that she was allotted her own individual identity within their marriage. So I pull from her. My Angelou, I also pull from. Nina Simone, all Black women, of course. 
Um, and then now just people that's in the world that are on the ground. I, again, I learned from everyone. Um, if those that are on Clubhouse, I learned from Hunter and Damani. I learned from yeah. Corey and, and Gregory. I learned mm-hmm. from the queer spaces that where the younger the younger queers are speaking and talking about things that they're that you know they're experiencing. Um, everything inspires me. Um, even the 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 hard conversations that even challenge me and question my um, my purpose inspires me to keep going. When again I get those moments of reassurance, so. I'm inspired by everything. I'm always constantly learning. I am not at a point where I feel as though I know all. Um, yeah, I think that's a. That's right. a and I, I love that, that there's no like limit to where you're learning from because we're all always learning. We're mm-hmm. all always in a space where we can learn from someone. It doesn't matter like the age, it doesn't matter like the race, where they came from or anything like that. We can all learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And I love that for you, Auntie. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so which area of life did you find it difficult to transcend from one phase to the, to another? Um, relationships with my parents. I knew that it was it was it's extremely important for me to clean that up because it mm. trickled into how I built relationship with people platonically and romantically. Um, I know if I wanted to grow as a woman um, and step into the things that I wanted for myself and, and affirm the standards and boundaries that I have, that I had to go back and clean up some of the things. Now, I don't think that um, um, closure always requires um, attendance of my parents, but be having in, me in my heart of hearts, I, I want I wanted my father's love. And I wanted to, to know him as a person. So we've been able to to build relationship as not father-daughter, but more so um, adult and adult, man-woman. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that was something that was extremely important, spe- specifically because I am a person of, of family importance. Like family mm-hmm. is paramount to me, especially with me being a mother, auntie, sister in the community. You are. I was about to say, because <laughs> you have all these children just coming. Hey, auntie. <laughs> hey, mama. Yes, adopted you. So, yes. <laughs> it's important that I had to, to clean that up with how am I going to be a mother and I don't talk to my mom? I mean, now I don't talk to my mom, but what does that look like? So I know, I know how to, to affirm a healthy boundary where where our relationship is, where it is, where I'm no longer getting harmed. I'm able to communicate that. Now, my father, I'm able to talk to him whenever we talk. I hug him. Um, I embrace him. He embraces me. We check on each other. And we're building a, our, our relationship over as adults. So it's important for, for me to, to, to continue to work on that because that's going to be a continual process. Um, right. Because, again, that has trickled into how I build relationships and how I... In my younger days would seek men that could fill that void and give me the father's love that my father never gave me. And I knew that that was harmful. Um, and that was a false sense of love. That was a false sense of protection. That was a false sense of trust. Mm-hmm. Because uh, a lot of people don't realize that uh, uh, the relationships that we get into, we, we, we kind of emulate what we've seen or what we didn't see and that we wanted to see with our parents so a lot of times if there's a relationship with your parents that 
you kind of wanted to fix or that you kind of wanted to see something different in, if you don't see that in your life, you're going to emulate that with the relationships that you build with other people. So it is important to kind of work on those relationships. So that's that's very good that you see that in your life. Or you do the opposite. So, for example, my father didn't show me love. And so I overcompensate with love. Mm. Okay, you're taking us to church. Go ahead, Auntie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I think most people feel as though, like, hey, um, I emulate and it's only one way to do it. But it's also sometimes you do the opposite because that's not what you want to do. Like, um, you'll hear sometimes people say, my dad wasn't a, uh, I didn't have a good dad, so I want to be a better dad. Or I'm not a good mom, so I want to be a better mom. But sometimes that could be smuggling. That you can smother a child with, with you just trying to overcompensate and still be a horrible father and a horrible mother because of how you're missing out on all these other things. Right. So it like is, you, it, you may be trying to like emulate what, what you didn't have, but that could be like y- your child may not need all of that. Okay. We, we know you're here. We know that you love us, but like we need something other than like maybe like financial support. We need like emotional support. And a lot of people don't know how to differentiate the two. Mm-hmm. And attention and protection. Come on. Mm-hmm. Because there's no, there's no like, there's no book of how to live life there's no book on like how to be the perfect parent because there's no there's no such thing as the perfect parent mm-hmm. all right i'll tell you oh right. <laughs> all right okay so where's one place that always makes you feel like home um so two places my auntie joyce who is someone that always recharges Okay. Hello. Now that I'm in, did you hear what what I said about my auntie Joyce? No, go ahead. I, it kind of like leaped out. Oh, I said, um, so with my Auntie Joyce, now that she's someone that I pull from that recharges me when I feel emotionally drained or, or, or emotionally charged, anytime that I'm around her, I feel like I'm home. I feel safe. I feel protected. I feel loved. I feel like I can be vulnerable. Um, but then also my home and in my body. So Come on I, now. When I come home, because I've created this to be a safe space, I don't invite anyone in. I'm very protective of this. Um, I'm not one of those people where everybody's invited over. No, because I don't want any type of triggering situations to happen in my home because I feel safe. Um, This is home. And then me being within my body. Um, There are moments where I'm out of body, but when I, when I'm sound, I'm centered and I'm calm and resilient. I feel like I'm at home wherever because you know, you can't really shake me. It's difficult to have me in an out of body experience um, to trigger me or activate me. Um, So yeah, those three places in my body. 
um, in my actual home and anytime I'm around my auntie Joyce. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. I love, I love that you have those safe spaces for yourself because a lot of people they're searching for safe places and they might not find it because I feel like they don't really know what a safe space feels like, and mm-hmm. so they kind of find places that aren't really safe spaces but really feel like it and then they get messed up in that way Mm -hmm. so it's very good that you have those and because a lot of people don't know how to define safety like why is that safe Mm -hmm. because sometimes Mm -hmm. people are safe within chaos shake that up and wake it up (laughs) because if this is all i know this is all i know so anytime it's calm i don't feel safe because or a lot it, of people, they, they find comfort in chaos and they don't even realize it. And dysfunction and, mm. and, and noise and, and harm. That that's safe to a lot of people. And they try to bring that to other people like, oh, yeah, this is my safe space, though. This is mm-hmm. where I feel comfortable. But, baby, that's not, that's not for me. That doesn't <laughs> resonate with me at all. I'm sorry. Exactly. Okay, so um, how do you connect to a person who is, let's say, the polar opposite? And your lifestyle. So, how do you connect to that person? I actually gravitate to those those people. Um, I'm mm, someone saying, uh, or I I'll say to... they gravitate towards you. Yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of equal both. Um, mm-hmm. I gravitate towards them. They gravitate towards me. I love a good challenging idea. Now, we are going to have some commonalities. Like, I, I love a good intellect. I love a good person that likes to have fun. I love. I love, I a, good love a good debate. Now, me, I love I a good debate. Love a good debate. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, you feel like that? Oh, really? How do you mm-hmm. feel like that? When did you learn that? Mm-hmm. Who did you learn that from? Exactly. Oh, really? Do you really believe that? Or like, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I'll go back to well, well tell me about your childhood. Um, yeah, that's my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I love a good child. I actually don't like people around me that that think and act and do as I do. Um, mm-hmm. we, again, we're going to have commonalities. We like to have fun. Like my best friend, I'm more of the risk taker. She's more of a lounge. So I say, let's jump out of plane. I'm down for it. She's terrified. Now she'll do it because she, you know, she'll mark it off. She won't do it again. But then I'm not much of a clubber, but I'll go because it's her. So we, you know, we have an ebb and flow, but I think it's, it's, we have a commonality that one, we love each other because we're friends. And then two, you know, we down for whatever. Okay. Okay. So, when you outgrow someone, what steps do you take to set healthy boundaries? Um, so, and here's the thing that a lot of people misconstrue with boundaries is if they they make them external, like other people have a choice. Um, the boundary is mine. So, for example, if it's raining, I'm not going out. That's a boundary. So if folks say, hey, can you come to my birthday party because it's raining? No, because I, I don't go out when it's raining. I'll send mm-hmm. this. I'll do this. I'll send you a whatever. I'll send you a bottle. I'll do this. And we can hang out some other time. But I don't go out when it's raining. Now, that's just an example. A, a true boundary that I have is I'm not a drinker. So don't ask me more than two times to drink. Um, and mm. the boundary, the boundary isn't for don't ask me to drink. It's more so once I, once I say, 
no the second time i'm either removing myself from the situ from them from the environment or i'm going to respond in a way that may be confrontational so that is the boundary that i hold so for when when you outgrow people i don't stop no all of those are full sentences right and you don't have to say anything other than that correct and that's a boundary right i'm there is no question there's no explanation that will ever get me to a point where now i'm having to explain myself i don't care who you are mm-hmm. um now of course if this was a but you, we're we're working within the frameworks of someone that i've outgrown right not, not my man now there is some type of explanation there but relationships that I've outgrown yeah the boundaries are mine um I don't go out at this or I don't you know I'm not staying up past this while you when you come over um no I'm not parting those are my boundaries so there's nothing that you can do to truly over overstep them because they're mine now I can leverage them um or um not affirm them with you, but there's nothing that you can do to uh, to overstep my boundary because they're mine. But it is easy for me to compartmentalize those. Like you know, we can still be friends. I can still love you, um, but this these are the things that we won't do. For example, I have a queer friend. Back in the day, long, long time ago, days we would watch RuPaul's Drag Race and and talk about fashion all day long. Fashion police. I've outgrown those things. So when we watch, when, when I come over to his house and he's like, let's watch this. I don't want to watch it. The boundary for me is saying, I don't want to watch it or, and, and leaving. Not, okay, we'll change the channel if you want me to stay. No, because mm-hmm. the, the, it's not you having, you don't have power in this. The boundary is mine. I don't want to watch this, so I'm leaving. Or I don't want right. to watch this, I'm going upstairs. Or I don't want to watch this and I'm going to get on my phone not for you to do anything. That's that's how you affirm a boundary. They're mine. I can see a lot of people like have when they're setting boundaries for others, like how do I do that without sounding mean or sounding like I, I, I'm a totally different person and you know, it, it's it's kind of difficult for people. So that's why I ask that question. Mm-hmm. As far as setting boundaries. And I think you, you posted something actually in your story. It was like um, people who benefit from the boundaries that you set. Or something like that. Oh, see, you're going to make me go to your, um, <laughs> My to your story. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only people who have um, issues with the boundaries that you set are people who benefit from it. Or something like that. That's and exactly what like, it was. Oh, see, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people feel as though, oh, you don't have boundaries that, you know, it's me, me, me. The moment you affirm a boundary is when they're offended. Mm. And that says a lot about your relationship. Mm. That this actually, actually, me having a boundary is a gift, Mm -hmm. which is why I say I give boundaries for Christmas. I give boundaries for for Valentine's Day. I give boundaries. That's it. It's a gift. It's, it's a, a gift. gift. It's not just a gift for me. It's a gift for you too. It is, and this is why so we stay exactly who I really am. Exactly. And if we really are connecting, be appreciative of this gift that I'm giving you. And you can have your your boundaries too. This is how we Absolutely. stay positive. This is how we. Another boundary is we're not arguing. So whenever we get to a point where we're disagreeing, I'm going to say goodbye, and we'll talk later. We can re- revisit this. That's my boundary. I do not like to argue, especially Listen. if we're emotionally charged. 
That so, is that has been my favorite thing. Now, see, I I I I used to be the type of person who I love to argue, not even because of some toxic shit, but just because like, okay, I want you to really get out how you really feel and I'm going to get out how I really feel. Now, if I'm setting a boundary and that creates an argument, okay, that's great. We can really get to what the really, what the issue really is. Okay, mm-hmm. if I say I don't like to be talked to after 10 p.m. and you're calling me at 1230 and you're wondering why I have an attitude, oh, we, we need to set this out. We, we need to talk this out right now. Exactly. Let you know. I set that boundary. I don't like to talk to people after 10 p.m. and you're calling exactly. me after this time. So. so so my boundary is I'm not answering. Exactly. And if you have an issue with that, oh, baby, that's you your issue now. That's your issue, and in the morning, I'll tell you exactly why. You don't remember when I told you I have an issue with talk with talking to people after this time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't even have to... Uh, the the Me, again, affirming my own boundaries where I don't have to explain it. I don't talk to people after 10 o'clock. Period. That's it. Yeah, yeah see, a lot of people, like, they, they want to know, like, wait, but why? But... Because I said to be so. like this, and you don't remember when I used to. Yeah, well, now it's an issue. So yeah, and boundaries have to be reaffirmed often in relationships. You know, just do a check in. Hey, this is where I'm. Where I am. This is where you are. Okay, cool. Again, that's why it's a gift. It is actually beneficial to have boundaries affirmed, and then sometimes you need to ask a person what their boundaries are. And do you like to hang out? Do you like to do this? And folks say no. They tell you their boundaries all the time, but people use boundaries incorrectly as if mm-hmm. I want you to do this to me. No, that's not a boundary. That's that's you asking for them to extend grace or patience. I'm yep. not going to say, hey, hey, you stop doing this. That's not a boundary. That's a request. Come on. And, the, and requests can be denied. Exactly. <laughs> and let's not forget that. Requests can be denied. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. So, Max, a few more spicy questions because I, I was getting upset for real, Auntie. <laughs> you just don't know, Auntie. I, I've been a spicy. I've been spicy my whole life, honestly. But um, so when you outgrow someone, what steps do you take to set a healthy boundary? So, like, what are the steps that you take? to like set those boundaries that you have in place for someone so maybe they didn't know that this boundary was coming up you know Um, so like how do you sort of ease them into where where you are and where they are i'm not prioritizing how they feel so it is not a it's not a ease um the boundary here sometimes it's abrupt and it's it's aggressive mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes it's out the blue and they may They're, shock people a lot of people yeah. are like wait what, what this is not how you used to be two weeks ago what's that what happened right and here i and am they want you to explain yeah, mm-hmm. no come on we're not supposed to say the same yeah I'm, I'm i'm ever growing and i need you to know that about me that as i grow that there are things that are going to change so please hold me to the person that i am yesterday Mm. So there, there are no steps. It's more so like, hey, I need you to understand first that there may be some times where I adjust once I realize that things aren't serving me, that this upsets me and I'm learning. Now, sometimes I, I will explain and communicate. Sometimes I won't. Mm-hmm. So like me saying that I'll go to bed at nine, I don't want to talk because I've changed my lifestyle, that I actually want to be in bed by 930 or that I actually want to have me time. I don't owe you that explanation. 
So before mm-hmm. when you used to talk to me before, no, I'm not answering. I'll check back into with you tomorrow. And then if you ask me, possibly I'll say well, when you say, well, why don't you answer after nine? Oh, well, yeah, because I don't answer after nine anymore. That's not my me time. I'm not explaining everything about me when I'm trying to change in this world and grow. I don't owe anybody that. I Come don't on. Have, and that that is true emotional freedom. I don't want you to be that invested and connected with me where I, you have to respond a certain type of way or that you are obligated to explain to me. If you tell me this, it is okay. Got it. You don't want to be asked about that? Understood. You don't You don't want to have a phone call at 6 a.m.? Understood. I am not questioning anything because that's you. This is, this is how you become the best you. So there is no ease or step process when you, when you want to affirm your boundary. Mm-mm. I tell you, you have no idea, but you are preaching to me (laughs) because as much as you say, like, you know, give yourself grace. I love that you have like this attitude of like, you don't have to give everyone the same grace that you give yourselves. That is up to them to figure out, especially if it is counterproductive to the grace that you're trying to give yourself, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because you do a disservice to yourself. Right. I you can't think about real. everybody else instead yeah. of yourself. Right. Ooh, all right. Well, okay. Type of spicy question. Mm-hmm. Of course, it has to do with family. Mm-hmm. Um, if you and your family, blood or soul family, have outgrown each other, how do you still be present in the relationship if there's no way around being in the same? So, like, you, you, you'll have to be around them. They're still going to be them. You're still going to you're still going to be you. I'm sorry. How do you then move in that relationship? So, I am someone that has disassociation as a trauma response that I can be emotionally detra- detached with the like with the quickness. I have had um, chosen family that I've moved away from, and I have. Mm-hmm biological family that I've moved away from. So I can be present and be standing right next to you and don't even see you. Honestly, to the <laughs> point where they, my family can say, did you see such and such? Well, they were there. Oh, for real? And again, that is a trauma response. So it's important for me to name that. That is not always healthy. Right. Um, but I am aware, so I know when I'm disassociating. I know that I am out of body because I know sometimes when I disassociate, somebody else can jump in there and drive, right? Right. Um, so, but I do think that I am able to to still be in relationship with the goal. If the goal is to bring family, I can be in relationship with that, whether or not that me and you agree. So if, if it's about coming together and collaborating and showing support and love and fellowship, absolutely. And I won't intentionally move around to avoid you. Um, I, that I, I don't, I'm not going to hold that, that much power or space. That takes way too much energy than just right. and that's giving them power. Literally, you know, right. cause if, if I have to think like that, I won't come. Mm-hmm. So I would much rather sacrifice the whole thing than myself in the moment. Cause that's time wasted. I would much rather be doing something that I would love to do versus giving you power over me. All right. You know what? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you have not you, you are preaching to me you are being a therapist <laughs> to me and you don't even know it <laughs> because I thought I thought maybe I was being a little bit too too rash but I don't <laughs> so 
Um, let's ask about like the TV guide. So, what are your top five reality show stars? Uh, reality. Um, hmm. I love Marlo. She's she's a girl. And from Real Housewives of Atlanta, and she's an Aquarius now. I think she's messy, but I love very messy. I, <laughs> I love how she shows up. I love her fashion sense. I love her. I I, I love everything about her. Um, I don't really have too many when it comes to reality. I on basketball. I watch Basketball Wives. I I love Brooke. I love Evelyn. I love Tammy. I don't know why. I, I just You feel... love Tammy. Now Tammy was a little bit of a bully. Now let's I be love honest. It. Let's I love be it. honest, Auntie. Tammy was a little <laughs> bit of a bully. I feel as though Tammy just never backed down. Now I do think she picked on people that she knew that she could intimidate, but she never backed down from anybody. A bully. Mm-hmm. Like what I said. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I loved it that she was she showed up as herself as ghetto, as hood. I, I did appreciate that. She, I mean, you she get her. She's not, she's not trying to be nobody else. Exactly. She, she, she did not change for TV, and that's that. That's what I love. I, I I'm, I'm not, con, I'm not condoning the part where she did antagonize people because she knew that she could. No, mm-hmm. but I do love that she. Did <laughs> she not took that girl purse <laughs> and threw it. And, <laughs> I, I I do I I love that she did not change because she had a certain level of success. She did not change for TV. That she had no problem clocking that girl or, or or almost throwing her off the side of the building. I that I I can accept people for who they are, but I'm not too much of a reality TV type of person. I, can I say, see, honestly, I thought you was gonna say like the the, the originals, like the, um, New York. T- Mm-mm. I thought she was gonna be one of them. I thought Amarosa, girl, no. Let's see those girls, the, Naomi Campbell. Now wait a minute. Now I know you're now, not gonna sleep on Naomi. Now, now I don't call her a reality star. I call but she her... was. Um, yes, she is. She, she has other jobs. Yes, but when she was on reality TV, check your lipstick before you talk to me. Come, that that's legendary. <laughs> <laughs> But she wouldn't be my favorite. So you like, would never I, be on my level, Nicole. Yes. <laughs> when I indulge TV, um, when I watch reality TV, it's so that I can live vicariously through them. Because I'm not someone that fights, argues, throw glasses. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like my guilty pleasure when I watch those shows. So I don't watch all reality TV. Like the Kardashians, I don't watch that. I, I don't. Yeah, I have no idea about um, that. Or stuff or other shows like that. Now I did watch the Braxtons just because. Oh, you did. So you like Tamar? I um I can accept Tamar for who she is. <laughs> but baby, she is a spoiled brat, and I blame her. She's a her lot. Mama. She's I blame a lot. Now see, you you would have to get a switch for her. You yeah, know, you, yeah. You several get the auntie times. vibe. You'd be like, uh-uh, come on, baby. You yeah, need and 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 it's far too gone because at this big whole age, there ain't no change in that. Mm-mm. She's stuck in a way. You just gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> okay, so what? What are your? T- what well, dang? You don't really watch TV. Well, what are your top five movies? Okay, so I'm a I'm a love story type of girl. Oh, let me um, see. Let me see. So I am for brown brown sugar is my favorite movie. Number one. I okay. 
I know it line for line. Um, the same thing with love. When did you fall in love with hip hop? Right. <laughs> okay. And then she go. You, I was about to go into it. No, um, <laughs> love and basketball is my okay. number two. Um, I, I about last night that just happened with Michael Ely because that Michael was cute. Ely, that was a cute. Michael Ely is my number one crush. Real? Oh no! Don't do that. I was gonna have the crushes later. We're gonna talk oh, about that later. Okay. Okay. So, um, but about last night, that is a movie, and another movie that a lot of people have not seen is Wicker Park. It's a white love story. Um, but I love that movie because it just talks about how falling in love with, uh, in the love in in first sight and just trauma and just how attachment styles work. So I, I know a lot of people don't see that in the movie. They just be like, "Oh, that lady is crazy." Yeah, I have never heard of that. That's interesting. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's such a good movie. I, I love that you like you know love stories. So I'm gonna go mm-hmm. a little bit off a of script here. Mm-hmm. So what is what are your love languages, Auntie? <laughs> so they interchange all of them, actually. Ah, um, okay. So uh, if you have to pick like a top two, your top two love languages, what are they? Touch and quality time. Um, mm. And then it goes back to my trauma with my father. My father really didn't hug me. Mm. Um, and then nor did he spend quality time with me, that it was actually a chore. And then when we did spend time together, it was him. It was extremely abusive. I didn't want to play basketball. I didn't want to rake the leaves. I didn't want to cut the grass. I didn't want, I didn't want to go to the record store. But now I appreciate those moments as an adult. Like that was him trying to spend time with me at the death of me though. Um, me having to perform in this identity because essentially all he was trying to do was toughen me up. So now mm-hmm. to um, be like him. Like, correct. Yeah. And a mini, mini him. And that's interesting that you say that because, like, I, me and my stepfather, we we kind of had like, ugh, a trauma bond, kind of with like sports and stuff like that. Because, like, he wanted us to like play sports, like basketball and all of that, and like the fact that like I was good at it, but I didn't like. It wasn't fun for me. I didn't get like the excitement of it. So, like, I, I hate it playing basketball. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, the life skills is that I'm extremely competitive, right? Like, I, I actually mm-hmm. am good at basketball. I'm actually good at track. I'm actually good at put, playing pool. Um, But, yeah, it was more so us, him. That was his only way to connecting with me or relating to me. But so now that has become a love language. So if someone says, oh, I can make time for you, I feel loved. Or if a person just wants to cuddle or lean on me or hold my hand, I feel loved. And mm. so that's also how I give love. Like, I, I want to touch, I want to hold, and I want to show you that I can make time for you. So that is how I also give and receive love. So a lot of people think that love languages is just one directional. But right. a lot of times people can receive a love language and then they give a love language. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are my top two. And then the third would be affirmations that you have to affirm. I, I got to hear how you feel, baby. Let me know. What you, I you, do. you feel like that? Let, mm-hmm. Say I it. Let me, let me hear it. Because that's how I also give love. I'm going to affirm you too. You're an Aquarius, huh, auntie? I am. I actually am an Aquarius stellium. So I have a lot of things in Aquarius. I have I'm an Aquarius sun, 
a Libra moon and an Aquarius rising. And then if you look at my whole chart, I got like Venus in Aquarius, a lot of things in Aquarius. So a lot of a lot of the way that you think and like show love is very progressive. So <laughs> you you gotta be teaching a lot, Auntie. I'm just letting letting you know now. <laughs> I'm a person who, who studies astrology. So you having a lot of Aquarius in your placements, that means it's you have a different mindset of the way that the world should be. And when you're inviting people into your world, you're going to have to teach them because you, you know it's a little bit different from what they're used to. Exactly. That. Well, is, is it that you're, you're a motivational speaker and you're very good at um, explaining what you want? Because, mm -hmm. baby, it seems like you're going to be doing that a lot. And it's more so around I'm able to hear and listen. Like mm. I can hear the question and, and I can create a space where a person feels comfortable with me. So like even when I have relationships, people are 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 vulnerable with me quickly. That a lot of times that I'm also trauma dumped where people will come to me and just share their whole life story because I, I have that innate ability for a person to, to feel disarmed. Um, that they feel comfortable and vulnerable around me to share their deepest, darkest secrets. Is that ever hard for you to like mm -hmm. people to like spill their whole life story to you? Because I have that too. Like, and I know that I'm, I'm a very mm, <laughs> I'm, I'm an I'm an open person. I, I I make it comfortable for people to feel safe enough to. With me, but is that ever hard for you? Hearing um, like their life story and like what they've been through and why they are the way they are. Hearing it and making it hard, no. Overwhelming, yes. Because mm. sometimes, and I guess the bigger um, the community around me grows, and so does the access to me. And I know that I can't. I can limit access again. Let's affirm a boundary. Mm -hmm. um, that people, when they have access to me, they they do it in spurts. So sometimes it can be overwhelming. Um, but is it hard? No, it is not hard. I, I know that this is my purpose. I know that this is what I'm supposed to do here. This is why I'm on this earth. Um, this is why this become this actually comes easy to me. But I'm not going to say that it does not. Um, overwhelm me that I don't take this with me to bed. I don't take it with me tomorrow or it doesn't resonate even if it hits my own trauma. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes, yes, it is overwhelming, but it is definitely not hard. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> what are your five TV crushes? Let's go. Michael Ely is number one. <laughs> number one. I would... um. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, number two is the guy from Moonlight that played the adult him. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I've seen Moonlight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So him, that he's my number two. Um my number like hmm, my number three would be um Trevor Noah. A lot of people would be like Really? Oh, okay, Auntie. I love Trevor Noah. Um, number four, look, I'm going light skin, dark skin, light skin, dark skin. Number Rob. four, <laughs> they love to call me a colorist. They don't, <laughs> they don't even know how colorism works. They don't. Um, we'll talk about that another day. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, number four would be 
the the dark skin one from look the dark skin one the dark skin <laughs> from, from Queen Sugar. Ooh. Blue's father. What oh oh my god. Ralph Angel. Mm-hmm. So Kofi, I believe his name is yeah. Kofi. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to mess up his last name, but Kofi, yeah, it's gorgeous. What would it be? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's as far as crushes, it's those four. Everybody else, like, oh, he's attractive. He's attractive. I, you know, I am a dark Steve, um, Stephen Curry. I have the biggest crush on him. Really? I do. You know yeah. what? You like yes. my yellow fellows. I ain't even gonna front because half of this, more than half of this list is wow. some yellow fellows. But that's fine. You know, it's okay. You know, shout yeah. out to my well, yellow and it's fellows. also demeanor because what what I am so attracted about Michael Ely is that he is such a mystery and his character is the same on in everything that he plays but that just likes oh that's who he is even when he goes to talk when he goes to speak like oh it's that is the the man that I would want to be with whether he was light-skinned or dark-skinned how he shows up that's what I find sexy he just happens to also be light-skinned and attractive and blue eyes Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you have that, Auntie. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let the comments <laughs> eat you up on that one. I ain't even got. Oh, when they get this out, they're like, "She's a colorist." Like, they're like, "Oh, that, that's what you like? That the blue eyes, huh?" Uh, no, it's just demeanor. You know who I had a crush on? Okay, so I don't Uh-oh. know if you watched Moesha the show. Uh huh. You know her her boyfriend Q. Really. That well, I don't know what it was. Q was one that I don't know. He he just kind of did it for me. And I just forgot like, his name because he's a he's actually Freddie Star. I think Freddie Star, Fredo Star, something like that. Yeah, and he's an actual rapper, so mm-hmm. I, I can see that. That rough demeanor, I kind of like that. Also, Ohaji. Um, oh, okay, Ohaji. Sure. I don't know. Just as like that kind of pretty boy, but also you know he the mm. poet. Yeah, he he had a little bit something special. He had a little, little spice to him. I like that. Um, <laughs> I'm going light skin to dark skin too, and I'm talking about right. You. <laughs> <laughs> Wake it up, then. <laughs> no, um, the actor on oh shoot, uh, the actor on um. I, I I know his name. I know his name. Redonda? What, what is his Off of what? What was he on? Oh, he was on that show with um Pam. Look, that ain't even her name on there. Look, now I gotta look it up. Hold on. Um, Pam. Tanisha Arnold? Oh. Tanisha Arnold, yes. But it was a show that she was on. Um, Ron okay. Rico, Ron Rico, something I forget his name. I don't he, even know who oh that God, is. So... Auntie, don't make me send you the picture of him. Hold on, Survivor's Remorse. And not you going light skin, dark skin. He's brown skin, so don't do that. Oh, okay, also, well, do we his need to talk Ron about Rico that? something? Ron Rico Lee, Ron Rico Lee. Uh-huh. I'm gonna see a picture of him, so so you can know. He, I don't know what it is about him, but just his demeanor. He, mm, he he does it for me. Oh. Check check it check. I'm sending you a picture of it right now. 
You just can't talk about Lil because he's fine. Did you get it? You see him? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Did you see him? Yes. He used to be, um, he played on Sister Sister too. He was one of the, the girl's boyfriends. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about him. He just does it for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just like, mm, mm-hmm. He's cute. <laughs> He's cute. <laughs> Him and the main actor on there as well. Um, I think his name is Jesse something. He's also gorgeous. Those are my my crushes. Okay. <laughs> Auntie, I feel a little bit of judgment in your voice, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, he's it's fine. Okay. He's cute. He's cute. He's cute. He's cute. He, he seems like a man's man. You know. You. Mm, Why is his name like, Ron Rico? Like what? I don't know, but that's that. That's it's okay, Auntie. Okay. We're, we're gonna work okay. through that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are your top five songs that are in your playlist right now? I need to know what you're listening to these days. One one. Everything, Jasmine Sullivan. Really? Okay. Yes. Um, I have moments where I need a good old Leandria Johnson. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. You, you you need to go to church. You little gospel. Mm-hmm. Need a little, I need a little Leandria. Um, I'll go. I'll pivot to Rihanna. I'll pivot to Brandy, and then I'll. Now Rihanna back. ain't put out a song in how many years? That ain't that ain't none of my she, business. I that know she it. just had this baby, which yeah. I'm so glad she had an Earth sign because she needs it. Ooh. But Oh, because oh, she a Pisces. Yeah, she a Pisces. Mm-hmm. And I think that boy is like one of them fire signs, child. They needed some earth in their house. Ooh, but... Not that boy. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> I ain't trying to get canceled on TV. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? So, yeah, like I don't actually have specific songs. It's more so albums. So, yeah, Jasmine Sullivan's last album. Um. Anything from Leandria, more so Better Days and um, Jesus. I, then I'll have moments where I'll go all the way back to Kirk Franklin, New Nation. As you should. That As album. you should. Because that was, listen, the kids really don't know what the 90s like for us. It really got us through. Mm-hmm. It really coming to what the bullshit that we're dealing with right now. The fact mm-hmm. that we have 90s music is really what's keeping us afloat. Exactly. Because that's what's fuel, fueling our music today. Come on now. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's say that. Mm. Okay, but uh, honestly, I really thought it was going to be like some, you know, some different music that I was going to hear from you. I love that you more on the gospel side, more the mm-hmm. soulful R&B. Mm-hmm. Um, what you thought I was going to hear? Wu-Tang? No, <laughs> Jay Z, Drake, Future, a little no, girls, no. a little bit city girls. I no. thought maybe <laughs> no, none of that, Auntie. That's that's too much noise for you. Well, now, little Kim, if we're gonna do when I'm getting dressed, I need me a little Kim is rapper. See, that's what you go to, little yes. Kim. Yes, I go to little Kim, Foxy Brown, every time. Not even Megan, Cardi. No. 
Nikki, um, none of that. I mean, I'll go to them like if they have like a feature and a, a good old verse. Yeah, I'll yes. I definitely play Monster and then do and kill Nikki's part and be late. I'm honestly Monster, um, Nikki's verse, the legendary. Verse. Yeah, that's her you best. Can, you can play that for whenever and forever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but if I'm getting dressed, I'm I'm going to pull Nick, um, Little Kim first. I'm going to go to Foxy Brown next. Okay, well, Isaiah, I want to give you a couple of songs that I think that you would appreciate. Now, they're they're on the, like, soul side, on the R&B side, so I think you'll appreciate them. Mm-hmm. It's a song um, by Blast. It's B-L-X-S-T. Um, Pick Your Poison. I think you'll like that song. Um, Tone Sith. I think you'll like that song. Um, Division between us, Toria Monet, New Love, uh, Mac Myers, The Devil's in the Details. You know, just some little soothing music I feel like you would appreciate. Okay. Come home for work, pour a glass of wine, run bath water type music. Yeah, it's like a little, little vibe. You know, it doesn't have to be all ratchet and stuff because, you know, I get, I, I, get, I get lit to those too, but you know, okay. I understand the vibe to draw because I, I I am in the same age group as you, Auntie, mm-hmm. <laughs> and my thirties as well. So I understand. You don't need to hear all that racket. Mm-mm, it's too loud. <laughs> and what are they saying? <laughs> you can be like, "No, what's all that?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. It was such a great time. Um, I didn't want to keep you too much. I know you have a room to get to on the clubhouse. Child, what 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 clubhouse has been given these days oh. before we go? I've been fighting for my life this week, but I think that there has been some things that have been uncovered. The relationships that people have platonically with queer and trans people. Mm-hmm. So I've been waking that up all week um, at my expense, unfortunately. But we here. Um, and then the- I'm about to... See, that's I'm a, I, I ain't want to get involved in all that. I know y'all y'all fighting over there constantly. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And will, right? Because life is a fight. <laughs> Look, you like and will. Don't have a problem mm-hmm. with it. And and I'm about to host the room now to talk about careers and salary negotiations. So I think that yes, it's, important. That. it's important for us to talk about um, how much people make because Black people were always scared of negotiating and and settling for the first amount and the second amount offered so i want to talk about that so we can go out here and i'll be great look see that's why i said that amorosa was one of my favorite um child reality no because she was the first person that i heard say whenever a company offers you a salary you're supposed to deny it because they're going to offer you the lowest that's the first person i learned that from is amorosa Mm. Okay. <laughs> You're like, mm, I'm you, sure. We, we can't find love in a hopeless face. <laughs> Look, a broke clock is right twice a day. Twice a day. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me, Auntie. Um, that is all I have for you. Thank you for inviting me. I love you so much. Oh my God, I love you so Now, we... Now, I'm probably going to talk to you more about this when we get offline, but we definitely need to link up. We we need to, like, see each other face-to-face. 
mm-hmm. and really get to the nitty gritty of things, child. Okay. Well, you know, I'm around. I know. I know, Auntie. It's just, you know, the people you be around, Auntie. You know, I like to fight. Uh-oh. So. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it could be one-on-one. I, I mean, I'm I moved away from doing clubhouse. More so that, more so one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I wouldn't want to put you in a predicament. But me, baby, from see, the south side see, of Houston, Texas, baby. The boundary is... Fight, what you doing talking to me for? And the boundary isn't that you're going to put me in a position. Is that I don't want to be around niggas that fight. So I'm out. See, that, y'all that, that's it. That's it. I don't want you to. I don't want you to be around around that now. Mm. Hate to see it. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm getting. We'll, I'm still learning. I'm still healing and growing, Auntie. Yes, and we will figure something out in the future. We will definitely build uh, a physical relationship because you know COVID made everybody have meta relationships. You know, but that is, that's the great thing about it. Like that's how we met anyway. Like. Through the pandemic, although we weren't supposed to be like interacting with different people, that's how we met. So mm-hmm. I will always be appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you so much again, and I will speak to you later. Okay, my thank you. I'll talk to you later, Boo. All right, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye.